Welcome to Phone Messages, Episode 98. I played pro ball. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number 19 from Chris Pearson. The message is just under a minute long and comes from the summer of 1989. Immediately after it plays, we will hear Chris's response. Here we go. playing guitar or, or the instrument or, or am, am I like, is that something on TV, do you think? I think so. I mean, there's a couple of, of layers of sound going on, right? Yeah, I mean, there was always something going on in the background, some sort of TV show. You know, I spent so much time alone, just either on Fry or I guess on Grand Avenue at that point, just painting and watching TV and trying to fool around with music. I'm sure it's just another Saturday or Tuesday night or whatever. And that's what's going on. I heard I played pro ball, right? I played pro ball. It's probably just something that I heard on TV. But I, I had a funny memory recently about a day in Chicago. I believe it was during the sun. It was a sunny day. And I was walking to the loop by myself from, you know, I, one of my places in Ukrainian Village. And I'm walking down to downtown and there's a there's sort of a bridge there. You, you walk across a bridge and then you've kind of entered the, the West Loop. And when I get there, there's this really tall guy with a suitcase wearing a sweatsuit crying and he gives me the story that he's a basketball player that missed his bus and he needs money to get to Milwaukee or something and if I help him do that he's going to you know pay me back and get me tickets and all this this stuff you know and he, and yeah I didn't know what to do I didn't have a lot of money at the time I'm like is this a scam it's it seemed legit it's such a story I didn't give the dude money and he just he's leaving there crying and sure enough about a week later I'm walking to the same place and there's the same guy he was just you know he's like I'm a basketball player and maybe what was the line in, in that song I'm a pro player or something like I played pro ball. You know, maybe that, that's that's on my mind because if, if it, that was the timing when it happened. You do hear so many stories about past pro basketball or football players who end up. They hit hard times. Yeah, I mean, these days, you know, you play one season and, you know, you make a lot of money, you know. But in those days, those guys might have been playing for $30,000 a year or something if you weren't a main a star. Yeah, and you know, maybe the guy even was, he was telling me he was a coach or something. Like maybe I'm not remembering the story right. Maybe he was saying that he had played pro ball. But that kind of reminds me when you're talking about pro basketball, I remember going to a Bulls game with you. Oh man, I mean, 
I was talking to Mike about it recently. I mean, his memory is better than mine for sports and stuff like that. But Mike and Rich and I used to go all the time. I believe, I mean, we got to Chicago in 83 and Jordan got there a few years later, I think. Right. Was it like, I, I, I think he's about a year or two older than we are. Um, Scotty Pippen and Horace Grant, like those other guys, I think that they are exactly all right. They're, they're about 55 now. But as I remember it, like when I first started noticing the Bulls, wasn't when I lived in Hyde Park, but more when I moved uptown and coincidentally lived sort of near the stadium. I mean, there, there were a few neighborhoods between us. In the middle there, there was, I mean, it's where Oprah had her studio, the Harpo Studios, and there were some other... Um, like TV studios and sort of no man's land. I used to ride my bike around there. I thought it was kind of neat. It would be right um, west of Maxwell Street. You, you could walk to the stadium from where I lived, lived on Grand. It would it, be kind of a, not a long walk necessarily, but you'd go through some kind of rough neighborhoods. Um, I think we only walked it once. And, and the parking was really hard there. Like I remember we went to see a game one time. It was just be just crazy trying to get out. You know, I remember Mike just like sticking his hands out the windows, begging people and just trying to like get somebody to let us in. But he and I were talking about it. And I know we went there and you could get in before Jordan's first few years, in fact. And when the Bulls were in the, not in the finals, but when they were working their way up, you know, against Detroit, against Indiana, for a playoff game, you could go there and buy a ticket the same day, and they weren't selling out. For $10 max, you could go there and get into the stadium. We'd be getting some pretty bad seats there in the top area, but we'd often just sort of walk around and you'd get beers and just sort of stand there and wander around watching these games. You know, it was amazing. If it was scal- you know, if there were scalpers involved, the prices might go up, and they certainly did once Jordan became huge. I, I would say in in an average year, if they had forty so many games there, we probably went to about ten of them or so. You know, it was just spontaneous. Like, you want to go go to the to the game tonight? I mean, we probably watched almost every game. You know, it was the only time in my life I've really been a big sports fan. The, the camaraderie, it's so much fun, you know, just to get together with the same group of guys. You get some beers, you watch the Bulls, you know. Um, it's funny, my, my son's a sports fan now. He likes basketball all of a sudden. And at first, I was really, really, you know, I was like the old, you know, like the grumpy old man. I'm like, well, it's not like I used to be. <laughs> this is not, you know, we used to see the Bulls, you know, we, the Bulls were the greatest, Michael Jordan, you know. I don't know who, who are these guys and what, what are they doing? They're all shooting a bunch of threes there. Every shot's a three-pointer. But he got me to watch some games, you know, and and it it came back. It was great. Michael Jordan began his pro career with the Chicago Bulls in 1984. As Chris suggests, over the years 1984 to 89, the Bulls slowly advanced further into the playoffs until reaching the finals in 1991 when they began their amazing run of six championships, only interrupted by Jordan's baseball hiatus. The only time I went to see the Bulls play, with Rich Averett, Mike Abrazizi, and Chris, was maybe 1986 or 87, and I am pretty sure it was against the Detroit Pistons, because I remember Isaiah Thomas was playing. From where we were in the high balcony, Michael Jordan appeared the size of a toy store action figure. But even from that distance, his artistry dazzled. 
At the time, he primarily relied on an inside game, his quick feet whipping through defenders to the basket. He had yet to perfect his equally effective fadeaway jump shot. Still, in the 86-87 season, when I likely saw him, he scored 3,041 points, the only player to surpass 3,000 other than Wilt Chamberlain. Balcony tickets in Chicago Stadium for that season were normally between $7 and $16. But in the Chicago Tribune from February 1987, I found an ad promoting a half-price coupon that made seats as cheap as $3.50. In 2019, by comparison, the cheapest tickets at the United Center, where the Bulls now play, ranged from $40 to $70, depending on the opponent. All right, that's it for this week. Once again, I'm grateful to Chris for his contributions. And a shout-out to Mike Abrazizi, who confirmed my memory of joining them for a game between the Bulls and the Detroit Pistons, which, according to his memory, the Bulls won. If you want to join this memory team as a guard or a forward, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.